0: presented by Artisan Botanicals in Midwest City. Check out their line of natural medicine products, including Kratom, CBD, or Delta 8. If you're unfamiliar with these products or their health benefits, don't hesitate to reach out to Artisan Botanicals, 405-458-9699. They have a staff dedicated to helping you live a better life. If you're looking for something to help with pain, anxiety, or just an opioid alternative, Artisan Botanicals has what you're looking for. Artisan Botanicals in Midwest City, and check out a abotanicalcompany.com. My weekly Wednesday guest is Aaron Davis. Aaron Davis, happy Wednesday! What's happening?
1: Not much. Just uh, enjoying the hump day. Ready for the weekend already? Um, it's about nothing. Nothing's going on. Just just waiting, waiting to uh, start that new job I got last week. So just counting down the time.
0: There you go. There you go. How was the three day weekend?
1: Was good, I went out to the uh, Wichita Mountains, did some hiking, took some pictures. Uh, then it rained for like 72 hours straight, so just <laughs> hung out inside. Rosie's sick right now, so uh, it peaked on Saturday and it's been pretty downhill since then.
0: Yeah, do you guys uh, do you just like round trip it when you do that?
1: Yeah, it's only like an hour and a half drive, okay. so yeah, that's not bad, yeah. Yeah, and since it gets dark at like nine o'clock we left here at like three.
0: Oh. And we're there back you know.
1: at eleven.
0: Yeah. I didn't know if you like, you know, we're gonna like put a tent in a backpack and like do the whole like let's just stay overnight type thing. Really rough. I it. would like to.
1: I would like to, but we have dogs and first off the dogs are not gonna they can't survive out there. They're they're too uh, pampered and spoiled to be out in the wilderness overnight. But yeah, I would like to. It'd be fun.
0: Our dogs um, last night were letting a stray cat eat their dog food on the porch. Well, I mean, I mean, it's a stray cat. You don't know. You know what's going
1: on. Probably best just to let it eat the food.
0: Yes, but like at some point, it's just like, that's my food. You're not going to take my food. Like, what are those dogs doing? Like, have some self-respect. Uh, they probably tried to stop the cat, and the cat put him in their place. Probably. I, d- I don't know what the situation was, but I was... Uh, I-, I looked out the back door. This was probably around midnight or so. I looked out the back door, and there are their t- their bowls are on the back porch, full of dog food, and there's just this stray cat just eating the dog food, and the dogs are nowhere to be seen. I'm just like, what are you doing? <laughs> what are you doing?
1: Look, sometimes... Sometimes you think you're the uh, eighteen and zero Patriots, but in reality, sometimes you're the eighteen and one Patriots.
0: Sometimes you think you're the bear on the wall protecting your cubs. Sometimes you're the lady protecting your dogs.
1: Sometimes, exactly. By the way, what that lady is out of her mind. <laughs>
0: out of I her look, I mind.
1: get. I get it. Like protect the dogs. Like let's do all that. But my God. I would never, in a million years, even consider going and getting within touching distance of a mother any grizzly bear, but especially one that has cubs.
0: Right, zero yeah. chance.
1: I've I've seen. uh, oh, what the hell is that Leonardo DiCaprio movie where he gets mauled by the bear?
0: The Revenant.
1: Yeah, the Revenant. Yeah, yeah. that. That'll put the, uh, that movie put a little bit of fear in me. And then, uh, yeah, just not, not worth it, man. Not worth it. Yeah.
0: It, that was, that was insane. Um, I mean, one swipe, that's all it takes. Like if that bear swung its paw, it's over for that lady.
1: Right. I don't know. Was it even like,
0: I don't even remember. Like
1: I watched the video. I'm trying to remember. Was the bear even being aggressive towards the dogs? I know the dogs were
0: being very aggressive towards the bear so the the bear and its two cubs were walking on that wall and as they're walking on the wall this horde of dogs runs out and starts barking at the bears on the wall so the two cubs run off and mama bear starts like swiping like kind of like trying to shoo them away oh, yeah, I don't okay. think it was like a super aggressive move because I mean I think if that bear wanted to it could have just Taken out the would dogs, but I think fence. it was just yeah. trying to like scare the dogs away, and then uh, it never got off the wall, right? Like it's on the wall, just right. kind of like like scooping its paw down, and uh, yeah, the lady pushes it, and that was that was the end. But yeah, I'm with you. Speaking
1: of speaking of bears, we never we didn't talk about it on here. Um, a freaking bear Norman. This is the craziest thing. Oh yeah, I would yeah. have. I've like. I don't know how it got there. Like my, I don't know if there's been new information that's come out since the night that it happened, but my initial instinct was somebody had to have just illegally had this bear like in their backyard, and it got out. Because yeah. a bear in Norman, that is insane.
0: First, let me just say that, like most stories, once it's no longer headline news, if there's any other no. related information on it, I probably miss it. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I I don't know. I've not heard anything since it was, like, the main story. But what a wild deal. And look, there are, like, people that are really pissed about this.
1: About the fact that they killed it? Yeah. Yeah. So I, I saw the video of it getting tranked and falling out of the tree. And it was, I mean, it was out like that it fell hard out of that tree so not only did it tranquilize out of the tree i don't know maybe if like the force of hitting the ground kind of shook it awake but it didn't look like a bear that was going to get up and start being aggressive so a little fishy to me but also i i can like i don't know are they really trading like uh, like wildlife people in the Metro to deal with bears. Yeah. I I mean, the closest know. bears we have in Oklahoma are like way East and then Colorado, like there's not bears anywhere even remotely close to the Metro.
0: Yeah. I, I zero clue. Can you imagine yeah. though, like just walk into your backyard and there's a bear.
1: Yeah. It was a big bear too. Like, but it was for a black bear. It was pretty big. Yeah. So, yeah, that was that was wild. I I thought it was fake for a, like a good couple of hours. I was like, this is fake. There's no way there's a actually a bear in the backyard of someone's yard in Norman. Cuz even if like there's so much like civilization and just like yeah. It was on the it was on the west side of Norman too, right? Uh I, know, I, I mean, you're, it's crossing. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I think it. I yeah, I think it was on the west side, but I mean, it's crossing highways, interstates, like, busy roads. Like, how does nobody see this before it
0: gets into somebody's backyard? It's crazy. So the lady that pushes the bear on the wall, either top five bravest human being on the planet or top five certifiably insane people on the planet, right? Like, Uh, there's no in-between. Can you be brave and insane? Like, there's being insane. I think there's probably some correlation between... Being brave and insane. Okay, but do you have to know what you're doing
1: is dangerous to be brave, right? I would say if you just would say insa- yes. Okay, so like if you're insane and you just don't even know what you're doing is completely idiotic and dangerous, then yeah. you can't be brave, right? You right, know that's fair. What you're doing could end in end in severe harm. Yeah, I don't know. Shout out to the people that absolutely love their dogs, though, because. I don't know that I'd. I don't know that I'd go up against a full grown grizzly.
0: You just you don't my, know. I know without a shadow of a doubt that there is zero chance I'm going against a grizzly for the sake of my dogs. Now my son, well, bro, different story. But that's different. yeah,
1: yeah. Rosie's home, so I I can't say that for sure. I can't say for sure. You
0: know <laughs> what I'm Somebody right now is like, you wouldn't save your dogs against a grizzly bear. You're an asshole
1: hundred percent. I'm going to get off this podcast and that's what
0: I'm going to hear. Right. No, I wouldn't. Sorry. I'd probably be like, that's what you get for pissing in my chair the other day.
1: (laughs) I never mind. I didn't wait until the end of the podcast. It lasts. I got about 30 seconds after. Yeah, there you go. But uh, yeah. Wild stuff, man. People. uh, People are people are wild for their dogs. They didn't even seem like cool dogs either. They seemed just like the annoying little yappy dogs. They did seem super yappy. Yeah, they 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 yeah, no, seemed
0: no. like they were uh, they were punching outside of their weight class a little bit in that situation. A hundred percent. You know what? Uh, here's my put, look on it.
1: Look, if if dog you weigh eighteen pounds, you think you're going to take on that grizzly? <laughs> Go ahead, Like. You know what? I tried to call you in. You had a chance to retreat and realize that, you know, you were outclassed in this fight, but you didn't want to. So, you know what? Sometimes, sometimes you got to think you're, you're Logan Paul and you're about to, you can beat Floyd Mayweather. There you
0: go. Yeah. Uh, I mean, the bear wasn't even in their yard. If we want to be honest about this thing, the bear was simply trying to cross to another area without invading those dog space. And those dogs were being jerks. I mean, bottom line. For real. It's just a mother and her two kids trying to find a safe sp- safe space. Right, they're just
1: adventuring, like trying to find some yes, yeah, safe space food. Yeah, shelter. And you know what? There was a there was a ton of food right there in that little boxed in area, and the bear was nice enough to not decide that they, that's what she wanted for dinner.
0: Right, they were just trying to get safe passage.
1: Yeah, that's rude. That Those is dogs rude.
0: decided to act like jerks.
1: That's a I'm that's the stance I'm taking. Absolutely rude to yep. throw the bear off the fence.
0: Digging my heels in, dying on this hill, team bear. What do you do?
1: Yeah. God, I, You know what? Shout out to that chick, though, because. Yeah. She'd probably kill somebody for those dogs.
0: So I heard someone say that this was a teenage girl. Is that true? Do you yeah, know I anything? Yeah, I think
1: she was six. Really? I heard. I had read that she was sixteen. Yeah. Okay.
0: I because I didn't read too anything about to know it. Any I just, better, I guess. I thought. Uh, I or thought she, it was an yeah, old lady, based on the video.
1: Uh, I read it was. Uh, yeah, I read she was sixteen. So I guess she was just too young to know any better. I don't know. I, if yeah. I was sixteen, I probably would have tried to fight a bear. Honestly, when I was sixteen. Yeah.
0: I thought it was an old lady, but then, like, when she moved, I was like, "Man, this this old lady's got some." Uh, some quickness. Athletic, but she bends well. Like she was very mobile. <laughs> she, she got spy stuff or dogs. Right? I mean they always say, you know, people like get those those massive adrenaline rushes in, in dangerous situations. And you know, you could lift a car if you needed to. Yeah. So Whoa, push a bear off a wall. Push a bear off a wall.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I think she was sixteen though. She did move that well though. She uh she got in there and got out.
0: Yeah, all I know is they better take back all of those Academy Awards from uh, The Revenant because clearly that is just wow, not that an outlandish be movie. <laughs> little 16-year-old girls right. can just dominate bears that way.
1: Yeah, you're going to tell me that this rough and rumble uh, wilderness man that had been living out in the woods his whole life and living on the on the grind of, of the old trails and of the old west can't handle a bear but a 16-year-old girl right. just punked a bear in her backyard yep not only did that 16-year-old punk the bear
0: also her yappy dogs also punked the bear a little bit yeah yeah they were flexing on the dog a little, or on the bear a little bit uh speaking Talking of people trash, that into. are out of their minds what is happening with NBA fans right now
1: uh, uh the same thing that's been going on with NBA fans forever I think we're just paying a little bit more attention to it because they, they're like they haven't been in games in over what fifteen months, so you know there a lot of them are just being are coming back to the playoff games and there's more spotlight on them. I mean the Russell's had multiple situations over his career, right? Not, and I'm not saying any of it's warranted or anything like that because it's not. He's just. And I'm not, not. It's not a negative. I'm not picking on him. He, he, he just he puts himself in situations, and the way that he carries himself, just that people want to pick on him. Opposing fans want to single him out and do stuff to him because he is a little. He's a little hot headed during games, so it's an easy easy guy to get in the head of, and he's proven that time after time that you can get into his head. But not excusable, like it complete idiots, like that. Guy that dumped the popcorn on him absolutely should be banned from the Wells Fargo Center forever right. and all that stuff. Uh, the one that's completely egregious, that might be the worst I've seen ever. Like, worse than throwing the beer at Ron Artest and all the malice at the Palace stuff. The dude that spit on Trey. Young. Oh, yeah. Like, that yeah. is far and away the worst thing I've ever seen a fan do to a any athlete during a game. I'm sure – well, I say that, but there was also – I mean, we've had situations in baseball where first base coaches have been stabbed. So – Right. Maybe not a tippy top, but modern era, spitting on a player is one of the worst things you can do. Especially, like, we're at the tail end, hopefully the tail end, coming out of a pandemic, and we're going to spit on a dude. Right. Like, we've been – like, how how many games – have the Knicks fans been to this year? I mean, they had to have opened up recently.
0: Yeah, I don't know the answer to that, but they've been... I mean, we were doing things before the state of New York, so... Right, so um, very recently, yeah, very they've been recently. allowed to
1: go to these things and we're going to spit on a dude? I mean, come on.
0: Yeah, it, unbelievable. Um, I I would venture to guess that that guy probably wouldn't have done this to anybody else, right? Like, Trey Young is probably... Fans. Top five like least imposing NBA players in the league.
1: Well, yeah, he's probably right. like real high. He's probably like five ten. Like nobody's intimidated by Trey Young. Young kid, like he's right. You don't think that he's gonna go up there and beat your ass? It's like Russell Westbrook, a hundred percent would go up there and try and beat your ass. At least he'll Absolutely. act like he's going to. Yeah. I don't. I don't know if he would actually do it, but he'll he'll try. I think and think you. would.
0: If he if he were to if he were to get there, if he were to get home and not have six guys holding him yeah. back.
1: Yeah. I th- yeah, Pro Yeah, like okay. Yeah, Steven Adams was on the team. He'd go up there, and he'd, right. Steven Adams would uh, would hold him back. Who is the Hawks version
0: there. of Steven Adams? Like, because somebody on that team uh, oh, it, should have nobody. been flying into the stands like the Flash for Trey Young. I don't. Know, did, any,
1: did anybody know that it happened in the me in the moment because Trey didn't even react.
0: Yeah, that's a good point.
1: Uh, I mean, he clearly spit like the fan clearly tried to spit on him and the, the lady sitting in front of him absolutely reacted to the spit going over her. But uh, as far as the Hawks player the, I nobody, they don't really do. I don't think they really have a tough guy. Yeah, they're too young. There is a bunch of 23 year olds. I mean, Clint Capella is definitely Capella's not that guy.
0: probably the guy. I mean, he's probably the guy, though, right?
1: Yeah, we're gonna say so. some.
0: If, if, I mean, there's got to be a toughest guy on the team, so that's probably I mean, I assume, Clint Capella.
1: I would assume it would be Bogdanovich, just because you know you got an Eastern European; he's probably ready to go do some crazy stuff.
0: I, you know what, I might buy that with the other Bogdanovich. That Bogdanovich, I feel like is uh,
1: not, not happening.
0: Not 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 quite as gritty. I don't know, man.
1: I've seen some. The Utah Bogdanovich, I feel like,
0: is is willing to maybe throw himself in a fire.
1: Well, (laughs) regardless, I disagree. I think I think every Eastern European has some. Oh, you just
0: you're putting a blanket over all. Yeah.
1: Okay. All some insane DNA that, if they need to, they're they'll they will actually box a grizzly or you know jump off a hundred tower 100 story tower just for YouTube videos clicks but yeah yeah I don't know I don't know the Hawks have a guy like that but uh yeah fans I don't know like I don't think the NBA fans are doing anything that they haven't done before like jazz fans have been racist for a long time and they've, they've had issues for with in Utah for a long time um, Knicks fan I mean Okay, look, look. Okay, here, here's my thing with the Knicks fans. We got a guy spitting on a player, which is classic New York. Expect exactly what I would expect out of New York fans. But then they also come up with some corny ass chant to portray Young, and they print out flyers for it. So I don't like. I don't know where I'm at with NBA fans, especially Knicks fans, because they do one of the lamest things ever, and then they do one of the most heinous things ever which I would ex- absolutely expect from a Knicks fan.
0: Yeah. I feel like this is uh, uh what do you call it when those uh those uh, religious kids I I can't I'm I'm trying to remember the like um they're like let loose into the world to like go experience things and they just go like Oh, like, like the, Amish? Yeah, yeah, the Amish? Yeah, 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 Amish, yeah. yeah. The Amish kid when they uh when they're allowed to like what is the word for that? There's a word for it. I can't, it's uh Oh.
1: Yeah, where they yeah, like turn 18 or <laughs> whatever and they allow them to leave and decide that yeah. they would still want to be Amish and like half of them end up like doing heroin and the other <laughs> half end up being Amish again. <laughs>
0: right. I can't think of the name of of what that's called, but this is what that feels like with NBA fans right. to a degree because everybody's been locked up for a year and now all of a sudden it's like, "All right, we're letting people yeah, back in the arenas." these people just are like Fuck oh, it! I'm going crazy. Rum springa? Yes, yes, that's it.
1: <laughs> it is. That's exactly what it is. Like yeah. I
0: haven't been outside in a year. <laughs> Screw it. Right. I'm indoors around other people. I don't know how to act. Oh, God. Yeah, it's so crazy. crazy. Um, I but did I mean, what see. Do you expect? You... I, well, I, I want to throw this out real quick. Um, I did see somebody calling Russell Westbrook and NBA players in general soft because of the popcorn thing. And I'm like, look, in an isolated incident, is popcorn, like, dangerous? Is it going to hurt somebody? The answer to that is no. But nobody, I mean, regardless of what the object is, it's about setting the precedent of it's not okay to throw shit at professional athletes, right? Like... It's not
1: okay to throw anything at anybody.
0: Well, yeah. That's true.
1: But. My well, thing with the popcorn thing on the uh, Russell Westbrook was. So obviously, like the guy dumping the popcorn, I assume it was a guy because I don't I don't think yeah, a woman was. would be stupid it enough was. to go do that. Completely egregious. Guys should never be allowed at hell. He should never be allowed in an NBA game, Not let alone another 76ers game or event in Wells Fargo Center. But. And honestly, like he should have had his ass beat if, you know, he deserves to get knocked out. But at the same time, like if you're Russell Westbrook, I mean, dude, you got to like. There's I understand that you're pissed and you're tired of all this stuff, but there's a point where you got to realize that they're only doing it because you get they get a reaction out of you. Yeah. Like the fact that he turned around and tried to go acting like he was going to run up the stands and maybe he would have. We don't know. But the the way that he reacted, it's only going to lead to more stuff. Like if you give the, if you give the popcorn guy no satisfaction whatsoever and you just completely just ignore it and like make him feel like an idiot or whatever, then, you know, maybe stuff kind of, you know, fades away and you don't get the crap from the fans, but because the way you you react, because it gets a reaction out of you and usually it's a very animated reaction, right? It's going to continue to happen. And I think that that's, it's not Russell. I'm not gonna say it's Russell's fault, but getting reaction, giving fans reactions when you're a player, it's just gonna continue to more fans who are a lot, most of the time, complete idiots. Especially when they go to the games and they're drunk. It's just gonna like it's gonna lead to more stuff. The fans are absolutely at fault here for being idiots. But if you're gonna put them that close to the players, I, I don't know. I, I just feel like you've got to kind of ignore. I know they. I know they do because I know that there's a lot of stuff that they do ignore. But right, Russell specifically, like he's just got to try to like brush it off a little bit more in the moment, I guess. Because I mean, he is target number one. He's the easiest player. In the, he's the easiest player in the NBA to target as a fan to get in yeah. his head because it works. It's worked multiple times over multiple years.
0: That's the thing. I think he. It's just happened so many times to him that it's beyond like you Know being bigger than the situation, like I think he's just ready to beat somebody's ass, and that doesn't make it yeah, right. What's he but, gonna do? Um,
1: I, yeah, but what's he gonna do though? Like, he's got to realize too, he can't go right. beat the dude's ass, right? Get one of your boys to go beat his ass, yeah. Get one of your boys to go find him in this in the crowd and follow him out after the game and then kick his ass out in the parking lot. so I don't, you know what I mean? Like, right,
0: the problem is he shouldn't have to do that, and like, well, no, so, he shouldn't. so so the guy that I know that that called. Westbrook soft and called NBA players soft for this is also somebody that if he were in a bar, like this is a guy I know and I, I, like, I like him in general, but I know specifically with this particular individual, if he were in a bar and somebody threw popcorn at him, regardless of whether the popcorn's actually going to hurt you or not, he would be ready to kick somebody's ass. Like he would get in a fight in that situation. And he's calling Russell yeah. Westbrook soft for reacting to somebody throwing popcorn because popcorn's not dangerous and it's, you know, it's not going to hurt you and it's no well, threat. I'm I, like, dude, it's a respect thing, right? Like.
1: Yeah. Which Russell Westbrook doesn't get from visiting fans. He just doesn't. Like, it's not something that, in a, generally speaking, he just, like, for whatever reason, opposing fans. And I think it's because, like I've said a couple times, it's just too easy to get in his head. It, yeah. It, it's too easy to affect him negatively and because he's such a where my emotions on my sleeve type of guy he he shows it like it's it's very easy to know when you're getting in his head but yeah I get like I get it you're right like it is a respect thing and like a lot of people disrespect Russell Westbrook and I it it might be at a point where he can't contain it very well but it just is what it is though like if you're going to if you're going to respond and give them a reaction, it's going to continue to happen. And the fans shouldn't do it, but it I just I feel like it's easier for me to say what one guy should do as opposed to right. trying to say what 18,000 people every on a every night right should do.
0: Yeah, there are there are always going to be idiots and you're never going to erase the idiot factor uh on any given night, but like you just I, I you just have to set the precedent like you know, as if like yelling racial slurs wasn't bad enough. When you start initiating like throwing things, that, you know, that crosses a major. I mean, they're two different things. And I'm not trying to say that racial slurs are okay, but it's, there's definitely like a massive threshold there when it goes from just spoken words to actually like physically contacting other people with yeah. objects, like regardless of what the object is. So, um, you know, and and we had the the spit on Trey Young, we had the water bottle at at Kyrie Irving. It's just like, I they need to take a harder stance. I think like you got none of this is gonna, yeah, nothing, nothing's gonna change, right? Nothing they've done, um, in my opinion, would somebody that wants to do that, like the punishment is not bad enough right now to keep them from doing. Look,
1: that. Well, look at it this way. So, the Malice in the Palace was almost it was like 18, 17 years ago. We're coming up close on 20 years with the Malice in the Palace. The NBA in 20 years has made no changes to prevent that from happening again. There is nothing in place that would stop that from happening again. Right. It's completely plausible that if, if that popcorn had been thrown at Russell while he was sitting at the, on the bench or at the scorer's table, very completely plausible that he could have easily gotten to the stand and started throwing haymakers. Luckily for everybody in the situation it happened in the tunnel and there were plenty of guys to stop russell from going up there and doing something potentially more stupid than the guy that threw the popcorn on him because let's be honest throwing popcorn as stupid as it is and as big of a dumbass as that guy is going up and punching him is probably a worse look for russell than anything that could have happened like that would have been a worse situation because then you have the popcorn and you have you know another player going in the stands and Hitting a fan, but it didn't happen, luckily. But there's no no plan in place to stop them. You know, we're not going to—the NBA is not going to put up, like, plexiglass like right. the NHL to separate right. the fans from the players. Like, that's not going to happen. They're not going to stop selling courtside seats. They're—like, those courtside seats make the—they're too, mu- too lucrative for the teams. They make too much money off those seats for those teams to be okay for the owners to say, okay, we won't sell courtside seats anymore. You kidding me? Nothing's going to change. It's going to stay exactly the same as it's always been. Yeah. And, like, they're going to take a stance, and they're going to speak out against the fans, and Adam Silver's going to plead with the fans to be more respectful and not do stuff like that. But guess what? Those fans are going to pay money to go to the game. They're going to get drunk. They're going to get entitled. And they're going to do stuff like they've always done.
0: Yeah, I, I think that uh... – to some degree, I think the idea after the Malice and the Palace happen, the idea that, that players might actually come into the stands and punch you, I think put some, fear in some people. put some fear in some people. So, like, I don't know that it would be the worst thing to happen if somebody threw popcorn or threw a water bottle and a player got to the person and threw a punch. Like, I don't know that that's Look, the I'm worst all- thing that could possibly happen.
1: Well, for the league, it's probably right. the worst thing that could happen from an image standpoint, a PR thing. But I, I'm all for players knocking fans out. Like, give, <laughs> give me all of that. But right, it, it but that situation doesn't help the the player or the league in any way. Yeah, probably helps the player feel a little bit better in the moment, I guess. But
0: I'm all at for at least- every NBA arena setting up a triller studio somewhere in the bowels of the arena. And anytime a fan decides they're going to throw things, security goes and grabs that person, ushers them to that area. And the player and that guy are going to just spontaneously duke it out.
1: Oh, okay. That would be awesome.
0: I'd be all for that. Yeah. Um, You threw something. Oh, you don't want to fight tough. Look, like you're you're going to the triller ring. It's about to be a fight.
1: You got, you got two rounds, three minutes each round. Uh, here. Look, here's my advice to any players that are gonna go up in the stands and, and knock a dude out for
0: doing something to
1: them. At least look, take take some lessons from Ron Artest, and at least make sure you hit the right guy. Yeah, I was about don't to go say. There, and hit the biggest guy.
0: issue is not really knowing necessarily exactly which person did it.
1: I mean that, it, in hindsight, with some time, like that's the thing I love most about the Malice of the Palace. That Ron Artest is just like I right, I don't even know who threw that. I'm just going yeah, knocking heads. I'm head. just I'm swinging. I don't know these people. I'm mad. I don't care. I'm just, I'm hitting the next dude I see.
0: Oh God. So crazy. Oh man. Yep. I mean, uh, yeah. But
1: there's been multiple situations where Russell's should have knocked a dude out. There was a guy in Denver that got on the court and like bowed up to Russell. Like he might've even bumped chest or pushed him or something like that. Dude should have gotten knocked out. Yeah through the po- like they, the and anybody, like all the like the racist stuff in Utah, like those dudes should get knocked out. The popcorn guy should get knocked out. But I mean, I just, I, I just nobody wins in these situations. I guess no, you know what I mean. No, you're
0: right. That's I agree. Nobody wins. Um, but until I think somebody's actually afraid that they might get get hit back, um, I I don't know that uh, we're gonna necessarily see an end to it.
1: No, I don't think we'll ever see an end to it, anyway. Yeah, because I mean, they might get hit back, but and a year later, or somebody, you know, it's, it's you can't stop it. If you're gonna have eighteen thousand drunk, well, eighteen thousand people in an arena and ten thousand of them are drunk, right? And what, like a thousand of them are within a hundred feet of the players, like what are you gonna? I mean, you can't, yeah, you can't control everybody with thirty-five security guards in that arena, right?
0: But I think you you just you have to take a much harsher stance when it comes to throwing objects versus you know spoken the words. The
1: dude that spit on Trey Young should have yeah, went to jail. Absolutely. That I mean, you go to jail for spitting on people. Right. Like that's right, very much illegal. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah, just banning him from the arena. I mean, I, I guess he's not going to throw popcorn at the arena any, in the arena anymore. But right. who can I mean, okay, <laughs> oh. I won't go to any more games.
0: How about uh, how about the NBA last night? It was actually a, a pretty decent evening of NBA basketball in this first round.
1: Yeah. Uh, first off, you asked me last night for my top ten players. I don't know if we were going to get into it uh, this episode. If we yeah, are, I'll, yeah. I'll hold off on the. No,
0: I, I was going to, and okay. I, I'll tell you why okay. I brought that up last night. But go ahead. Okay, we'll we'll talk about the
1: games first, then, and then we'll we'll circle back to the top ten players. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, the Denver-Portland game was absolutely insane, obviously. Um, Thinking back on it, was that Dame Lillard game the best playoff game performance ever? I know Michael scored 63, and it's kind of hard to top Michael scoring 63 in a playoff game. Um, But Dame was the first player ever in a game to have 50 points, 10 assists, and 10 three-pointers made. Which is indicative of a little bit of the era with the three pointers made, but. Right. I mean, it also, just the difficulty of so many of those threes that he was hitting was.
0: Well, not just the difficulty, absolutely but the, insane. the situation of yeah, the those tim- threes. Yeah, yeah the Yeah, the timeliness, the difficulty level of the shot itself, what those shots meant as far as extending the game. Like, unbelievable.
1: It's got to be like top three. If it's not, it may not be number one o- over Jordan's sixty three, but it has right. to be top three or top five without a doubt. Um, I mean, it's tied for seventh right now with most points uh, ever scored in a playoff game. So, I mean, he's up there in points. Donovan, I did not know this. Donovan Mitchell last year in the playoffs had fifty seven in a game.
0: Whew, I didn't remember that in a, either. In the
1: bubble, yeah.
0: Oh, was, that game. was yeah, I do remember that because that first round he and Jamal Murray were just like
1: oh, gross, going insane. Going yeah. back
0: and forth. Yeah, that was a great series. Uh, didn't Dame score 50 in the in the OKC game where he hit the shot?
1: Uh, I'm looking at it. Yeah, he did. Yeah, 50. Yeah. Okay. He did. Um, looking at some other games, uh Isaiah Thomas, I remember he had 53 yeah. for the Celtics. That was, I remember that was a crazy game. Um, the Barkley 56 points against the Warriors. I've watched that game like yep. within the last couple of years, and he was just out of his mind in that game. That was pretty impressive. But just, I think the, like you said, the timeliness of all the shots that Dame hit last night, and just the difficulty of so many of them. I mean, he's hitting like full turnaround fadeaway threes. And yeah. nothing but net and, like, yeah, crazy. He wasn't getting – some of his threes, he had a little bit of space and time. But uh, so many of them, dude in his face. He's also creating uh, space on,
0: on some of those.
1: For sure. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it's up there, dude. That was one of the most impressive performances ever. And it just – I mean, what do you do? I mean, you have yeah. the arguably the best game you've ever had in your career, and you still lose. I mean, yeah, that's just kind of like the Dame – Experience, I guess, like, plays out of his mind. But for whatever reason, that Portland team just can't catch a break and win games when they need to. The
0: bottom line is that Portland team has a bunch of nice role players. But they don't legitimately have a second guy. Like, that's the problem. They have a bunch of really good role players that I like that I think are valuable pieces. They just don't have the right sidekick for Damian Lillard, I think, is the biggest issue. Like, I, I'm a big fan of C.J. McCollum. I like the guy. Like, I think as an individual, he's fantastic. Um, he's a good basketball player. But C.J. McCollum isn't the second best player on a championship team. No. I think it's the, I mean, is the, the biggest it. issue. Like, look you at, look at championship best. teams in the last 20 or 30 years. and Everyone's had two guys. C.J. McCollum probably isn't even the third best player on the majority of those teams. Yeah, I mean, you look back. How
1: many teams in the last 30 years have won a title that didn't have, like, a second star? Right. The Rockets is the only— right. The Rockets, Pistons— But well, you can argue the Pistons had four second-best players.
0: Yeah. They had four All-Stars. Like, they didn't yeah. have the Alpha guy. Like, that, they're kind of the rare exception where you don't have, like, a legit top-10 caliber player as your star. But they, they had, had four, four All-Stars. News. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Um... Yeah, the Rockets are really the only ones that come to mind, and they won both their titles when Jordan was gone. So maybe there was a timing situation. Yeah. And they just they took advantage of when they were gone. Elizalde was playing out of his mind. Yeah, Clyde Drexler was there um, for the
0: second one, and Clyde was. But he was
1: he, old. He, he was
0: at the end, but he was still a really good. I mean, he was better than CJ McCollum. Yeah, yeah,
1: I'll, I'll agree to that. But I mean, the first one. I mean, you're looking at what like Vernon, Vernon Maxwell, Maxwell, maybe. Yeah.
0: yeah yeah like he's not
1: there's no like standout dudes on that team but yeah but if for the trailblazers you can't have your second best player stepping out of bounds late in the game and you know turning the ball over you can't have him going 7 of 22 from the field yeah it just yeah you got to have somebody and luckily for them dame was playing out of his mind so he really didn't need any help for the most part last night but yeah, I mean, but they started doubling really. him at
0: the end. Like you, you.
1: Yeah. That's where like, you yeah. have to somebody have somebody
0: that, yeah. else that can make a play. And yeah.
1: Carmelo wasn't good last night.
0: Did nobody did anything in the overtimes? Like they didn't get a play from anyone not named Damian Lillard.
1: Yeah. Brutal. I and mean, it's, it, <laughs> it's so crazy too because like Denver knows that they escaped. Like they got lucky. Yeah. I mean, you saw the clip of. When Dame misses that shot towards the end of the game, and Austin Rivers is like praying, like has his hands together and is like thanking the thanking God for Dame missing that shot. But yeah, it, I mean, what are you gonna do? I mean, Denver's definitely the better team in this situation. It just sucks. I mean, do you do you not Lillard's performance because they didn't win? Like, does that bump it down? for your in your opinion on like? great all-time playoff performances.
0: I thought about this last night, and I would say yes, normally, but I think given the circumstance where, like, you're watching Denver get plays from, like, Monte Morris and, you know, Michael Porter Jr. is hitting a big three in the corner, and, like, you're having all these guys kind of contribute around Jokic for Denver to get it done, and literally getting nothing from any other player on Portland for me doesn't diminish what Dame accomplished. Like, yeah. at some mm. point, guys have to, like, you have to make an open shot. Like, he's he's done enough to where Denver's now saying, we're going to send two guys out to him 40 feet away from the bucket, and the other four guys can't figure out a way to get a, a score in some capacity, and then your second-best player is stepping out of bounds in the most important play of the game to that point?
1: Yeah. And look, I mean, Dame did something that LeBron couldn't do last night. He he single-handedly almost won his team a playoff game. Yeah. LeBron, uh, I has, has there been an update? I haven't seen anything, but has there been an update on AD playing in game six?
0: I've not seen anything to this point.
1: I mean, I, they're just, I don't know if it's just circumstance. I don't know if I'm being a little too harsh, but like, LeBron, LeBron just right now doesn't seem like he's good enough at this point in his career to single-handedly carry a team through the playoffs like he used to be able to in Cleveland. And I, I that might be a little harsh, but I was unimpressed with him last night. He wasn't that good in game five – or excuse me, game four. And not having Anthony Davis – like that Lakers team, they're terrible. They're not good without Anthony Davis. Yeah. And then, you know, KCP leaves the game last
0: night. It's – not, I, think I don't that, feel sad. No, I I I loved watching it. To be honest with you, I think that LeBron is still good enough to carry a team. The problem is at this stage of his career, he doesn't do it every night. Like he he has to, I think, pick and choose his spots. For sure. And I think last night that game got away from them so quickly that it was one of those games where he throttled it down. Like I don't. I, he evaluated that situation as I can I can do everything in my power. To potentially come back down, you know, I mean, it was, it felt like it was 30 almost immediately. Like that thing just got away so quickly. I think his evaluation was I can, I can really grind and try and make this a game. And then possibly I'm completely gassed for, for the next game. Or I can save the gas tank and hopefully try and, and get it done in game six and even the series. So I just think it's, it's more about, LeBron at this stage of his career managing the juice that he has rather than the, the, not being able to do it.
1: Yeah. And you know what? Like, I, I guess it's not fair for us to say that the rest of Portland let down uh, Dame and they they need to do something. Like, I mean, Anthony Davis is out. He's hurt. And Dennis Schroeder goes three of 24 with the last two games. Like, yeah. I mean, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta help him out. You gotta do something yeah. to help LeBron. Out. You can't go through. You can't dinner Schroeder is now the second guy on that Lakers team with Anthony Davis out. You right. can't go three for 24 games, four and game five.
0: Well, and LeBron, LeBron obviously deserves criticism for not playing well. Also, I'm just saying, gotta, I think yeah, that he, his he was like, he checked out. Right. I think his was more that he checked out rather than he's not capable. I think that's the difference. And if you want to criticize him for well, that, mean, then, then go for it. That's,
1: Hell, I think that's probably a worse indictment on a guy yeah. like LeBron than uh, you know, not being good enough anymore. Right. I think i'd I think I would rather my guy be not good enough at anymore, especially what is he like thirty five now than just yeah, he's not got a trying. lot of
0: miles. Yeah. Like I said, I think it's just about him managing his legs and his energy. and he he, well, I mean, he can't do today what he did like in Cleveland anymore. no, definitely not. But you have got to realize too. Yeah. But if you're LeBron, like this is it's a
1: it's a pivotal game. Yeah, it's, it's a huge game, game five that'll swing the series. You're playing a young team. Yeah. Chris Paul is. I mean, he, I, I guess I guess it's tough with the Chris Paul thing because yeah. he left the game in the middle of the game. But I mean, it's a young Phoenix team. Like you could probably beat them if you like. If LeBron is probably still good enough that he could beat this Phoenix team. Now, I don't know if he looks at it like, it, you know, he beats his Phoenix team. He's probably not going to beat Denver in the next round. Is that who they would play right? Or would they play? Uh, yeah. Yeah.
0: They'll play the they'll Denver, play Denver Portland winner. Yeah.
1: Okay. I, so, I don't know. I mean, I don't know. But it just, I guess I'm just not used to seeing this with LeBron. Like, he right. won the title last year. Like, right. He was great last year in the playoffs. Like, I mean, the flashes that we had seen earlier in the series. Earlier in the yeah. series when Anthony Davis was playing, LeBron was really good. I mean, he was good against Golden State in that playing game. Great. Hitting that you know, game-winning shot from 30 feet, but yeah, I don't the know. Bottom like,
0: line is he's, he's getting old, and this is just load management LeBron. And, like, I get, I get why it's frustrating because we've seen him just play at this high level, and even though he's still capable of playing at that high level, I just don't think he can do that every single night. Like, it's, it's just he's not going to find that gear every single night. That's what happens when you get yeah. older. It's um, the playoffs so you yeah. have to like you have to find that gear. You can't sit on
1: the bench and mope if you're down by 20 yeah. at halftime.
0: Well, yeah, I think I think that uh his personality on display last night was a, was more egregious and just the way that he didn't care from that standpoint than maybe like saving the gas tank. Um is
1: it maybe but, he's conflicted maybe he doesn't maybe
0: he wants his boy Chris Paul to get a title finally
1: And he's like <laughs> damn I either gotta I either gotta put my friend down or yeah give him a chance to live his dream and win a title
0: I always hate how anytime LeBron does something good or bad right like it doesn't matter if it's good or bad like anytime he does anything on either end of the spectrum like it's it's always compared to Jordan and dude I'm yeah. It, it bothers me so much. But like this morning, first thing I see when I get up and, and I, I get on Twitter is, you know, Michael Jordan would have never quit on his team and all this. And I, I've said this a million times. I think the biggest difference between LeBron James and Michael Jordan for me is that I don't, I can't remember. And, you know, I was a, I was a huge Michael Jordan fan, watched Jordan, you know, all growing up. I can't ever remember watching a Bulls game, especially a playoff game, but any game in general where I just felt like there was more from Michael Jordan that I didn't get. Like, I always felt like you just got everything that Michael Jordan had. And I I think the people that, that get down on LeBron a lot consistently feel like, you know what, there was more from LeBron tonight that we didn't get. Or he could have done more. He could have kicked it into an extra gear. Um, he wasn't as aggressive as he should have been. Like It always just kind of feels like this guy that has more physical tools than maybe any athlete that we've watched in this entire generation in any sport um, always could potentially go to another gear, and for for whatever reason, we don't see it. Consistently. I'm not saying he doesn't, but...
1: I I think that this is a I think this is a tough conversation though because LeBron is I want to get his exact age right now. He's 36. Yeah. So Michael, when he was thirty-six, you know where he was playing? He was retired. He wasn't in the league at thirty-six. Right. When he came back for Washington, he was thirty eight and thirty nine for those two years. The last year he played in Chicago was thirty-four, so I think it's a little unfair at this point right now to compare the two because LeBron at 33 wouldn't have lost that game last night. Much like Michael, LeBron at 33 is not losing that game last night. So there is a discernible difference because we don't have any context or any reference to look back and say Michael Jordan at 36 was at this level playing basketball because he wasn't playing basketball at 36. And also he didn't start in the NBA at 18, so – from just a mileage point, like I think we're past the point right now where we can fairly compare the two. Right. Um, with that being said, how many games two in playoff games did players two through ten? We'll say there were ten guys in that bulls rotation that were playing in playoff games. How many games did two through ten just no show?
0: Yeah, I mean
1: those team's are just better than what the Lakers are right
0: now. Oh, without a doubt. Yeah, that's fair. Every, yeah. Yeah.
1: So I think we're at a point where it's unfair to compare them. With that being said, I have loved experiencing LeBron's full career, but I am I'm ready for him to retire because I am just beyond exhausted from Twitter LeBron's Twitter. It, like I'm oh, like it's dude, we, he's been in the league since 2003. And every time he does something impressive, like, we're going to lose our minds. It drives me insane. Like, LeBron James, what do you expect? Like, yeah. you're still to the point – we're still at the point where we need to point out how amazing he is.
0: Or, or on I, the other get, end of the
1: spectrum, the same thing. Right. Like either last way, night. I, yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm annoyed by it either way. <laughs> and I get that he's, you know, the second best player in the NBA ever. But, damn, dude, like, there are other – like, there's other impressive players out there. We don't yeah. need to – drool over lebron one way or the other for every time he gets on the i don't know i just i don't want him
0: to retire but i mean i just
1: I, i'm being a little exa- i want
0: yeah i i think like the point here is like understand what you're evaluating
1: you're probably being a 36 year old nba player that's played for 18 years yeah like we can't we can't look at lebron like he's 28 anymore right but well, but that does, that doesn't excuse, you know, pouting on the on the no, bench. No. No, see that's like that's that where stuff.
0: like I said, I think it was the the personality traits last night that were on display that turned a lot of people off, but um I, you know, like you talked about you can't really compare the guys. I think what most people would say is that when Le, you know, LeBron's still at a high level, right? Like you can make the argument LeBron's still yeah. the best player in the NBA. There was never a point when Michael Jordan was the best player in the NBA that last night would have happened, I think is what people would say. It's not about like comparing ages. It's about comparing where you are in your career and when Jordan was at the top versus when LeBron was at the top. That sort of thing probably would have never happened to Michael Jordan.
1: Yeah. And, and look, this isn't something that's measurable, but I mean Michael Jordan arguably had the largest like the biggest killer instinct. Yeah. However you want to phrase that of any athlete ever. Right. Like, which is why which have, is why I think he's the GOAT. That's
0: what separates him right. for me.
1: Maybe Tom Brady is up there. Like I'm trying to think of other athletes in any sport that have are comparable in that killer instinct category, which like you said it's not a measurable thing, but I mean, you've heard hundreds and hundreds of stories where it doesn't matter what it was. Michael Jordan just wanted to beat you. Yeah. Like, you know, I love the story of them playing I don't remember who it was. They told him on the last dance that about like they like Jordan and Rodman and some other dudes would play like high stakes poker on one side of the plane. And then like at the front, they'd be playing for like dollar bills and like quarters. And Jordan was like, oh, I want to get down on this. And, was, and the guy was like, well, we're I mean, we're playing for pennies. He's like, I don't care. I just want to yeah. say that I have your money in my pocket. Like, right. It's stuff like that that. Like, I don't think LeBron has that. I think LeBron is u- uber competitive, but I just don't think that he has. The ultimate killer instinct. Right. And honestly, like Tom Brady might be the only dude and other athlete that I've seen in my lifetime that has had that close to that same level
0: of killer instinct. Kobe, and, I think, had it. Kobe, not yeah, to the same Kobe level, too. but yeah. Jordan's like the supreme as far as that category. For sure. And I mean, we're talking
1: about, if you want to include Kobe in there, three of the greatest athletes of all time. Yeah. So. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, I can guarantee that LeBron doesn't have that killer instinct because he just he didn't I mean the way he acted last night. Yeah. It's one game, understand. They can still win the series, but I don't know. Maybe maybe he's just getting to the point where he's, he's never really dealt with injuries like he has this year, and he's just getting frustrated. Yeah. I don't know.
0: He's, yeah, but, his, his body just can't perform at the same level every night that it used to. Like, it can still hit the high gear – but it can't hit the high gear every single night and recover right. the same way. Like it's just, that's what happens when you get old. It's, it's not like you get old and then just lose your ability. It's that you can't recover quick enough to like hit that same level the next day or two days. Like it's, you know, it, you, you have these gaps of trying to reach hundred percent that are longer than just, you know, immediately waking up the next morning and being ready to go again. And
1: look, we could both be eating crow. The whole world yeah. could be eating crow when LeBron scores 45 points in game six and seven and the Lakers win the series. Wouldn't but shock me. Right. Honestly. Now, it, yeah. I mean, Phoenix is a young team who really has no experience in the playoffs outside of like Chris Paul and Jay Crowder. So yeah. it completely plausible, plausible that LeBron wills them through game six and game seven, especially if AD comes back in one of those games. That'll help tremendously. But yeah, uh, this is the first time ever LeBron James has lost two games in the first round in a row. He's never lost two consecutive first round games. I didn't realize that series. You're talking about, I mean, he's made the playoffs, what, probably 17 times in his 18 years.
0: That's insane. Damn. All right. So I asked you a question last night. Um, I said, who are the best 10 players in the NBA right now? not like what they could be or not based on potential or not based on what they've accomplished in the past like today if we are if we are going to say these are the best 10 players in the NBA who are they and the reason I asked that is is because I was thinking about Damian Lillard and where he would kind of fit in mm-hmm. that conversation and this was this was like I think probably around toward the end of the first half maybe of that Portland-Denver game when I, when I sent you this text. yeah. Um, so the reason I, I did this is because I, I think right now, first of all, the top 10 is really difficult. And honestly, I think there are 11 guys that I, I feel like before there's a gap, I think there's 11 guys and then there's a gap. So it's like 11 guys fighting for 12. 10. You think there's 12? Okay. Yeah. I've got 11. And then I think, like, it's tough to pick which 11 go into that top 10 for me. But as I was trying to, like, shuffle them and figure out, like, where I wanted guys, I thought, like, what is the biggest difference right now between Damian Lillard and Steph Curry?
1: I mean, not much. I wouldn't say there's much of a difference. Um I mean, if we're looking through regular season, I think that the Portland team is considerably better than what Golden State was running out night to night this year. But just from an individual perspective, I don't think there's much that Steph does that Dame doesn't do or vice versa. Um, I think, though, I think that for me, and I know it's right now in the moment, but I I think just because Steph has had a little bit more success and, and the roster has a lot to do with that that I would put Steph just slightly above Dame. Yeah. Um, and that may not be a fair evaluation, but something has to separate them. And for me, that's yeah, just the, no, the small that's fine. thing like that I, separates I, them.
0: I, like if you want to say Steph's better than Dame, I have no issue with that whatsoever. My point, though, was I, I, I think if you're putting together a list like this, in my opinion, regardless of which guy you have first, the other guy almost has to be like right after him. So, the reason I I brought this up is because I asked several people last night to, to like, send me their list. And almost across the board, Steph Curry was, like, number three or four. And almost across the board, Damian Lillard, like, was number, like, 9, 10, 11 in that range. And to me, right now, I don't think, like, you could really separate those guys to that degree. Like, if you're going to put Steph... That high, I feel like Dame's got to be right after. Or if you want to put Steph lower, like that's fine. But I just have a hard time seeing where you put like Steph at three and then Damian Lillard at 10. Here,
1: okay. So here's actually, I just thought of something. Here's the separator for me between those two. In my opinion, Steph is elite, like one of the greatest ever at off ball, moving off ball. I think his off ball movement is in another world when it comes to guards. And, well, ever in NBA history. I don't know that I necessarily see that from Dame because Steph Steph allows himself to get separation with the ball in his hands and he also gets separation off the ball. And I think that opens up the offense so much more to the point where Steph is getting his shot whether he has the ball in his hands or he doesn't. That's fair. Dame is great at, yeah. Dame is great at getting those shots, but he always has the ball in his hands. So I don't know that There's necessarily that added you know flexibility in the game and in the offense and what you can do with him. But I mean, yeah, they both neither of them play defense. Um yeah, I mean, that's fair. So my list I had Curry five and Lillard ten or eleven. Okay. I've gone back and forth on this because in my original one I I left Giannis off and Lillard was 10 and then I bumped Lillard off, I put Giannis up there and I thought about it and I don't think Giannis would be in my top 10 honestly. I just I don't think that yeah. he's dynamic enough on offense to be in my top 10 and he's amazing defensively, but at the end of the day, offense matters way more than defense in the NBA today. So
0: Well, especially with the game, the way the game is being played right now, yeah.
1: Right. Dude, I think, yeah, I I think I would rather have Lillard's elite level of offense and no defense over Giannis's like pretty good offense and elite yeah. level defense.
0: Yeah. Yeah. No, I I just uh, I I think that those guys right now today when you watch them play, and to some degree they're each kind of experiencing the same issue right now, which is lack of offensive playmakers around them. It kind of feels like. Every game is, that, is on, yeah, Dame's had it forever. Every game is on their shoulders and whether they're going to hit those shots. Um, you know, Dame has hit so many big shots. Um, like, if, if I had a shot right now to win a game, there's nobody in the NBA that I want taking it more than Damian Lillard, like Steph included. Steph's right. a better shooter. I'm not going di- to, like, Steph's the greatest shooter we've ever seen in the history of the NBA. But, like, Damian Lillard is so clutch in those moments and he's unfazed by that pressure Um and to see hit the range and uh, the ability to get separation like Damian Lillard's the guy I want with the ball in his hands. Uh, I just there's not much separation there and wherever I'm slotting one guy, I feel like I've almost got to slot the other guy like right behind him, either a spot or two.
1: That's fair. It's so crazy that I mean there might be a conversation at the end of his career. Maybe he can still win a title. Like Portland can still push. He could go chase a ring or whatever, but it's crazy right now to think that the most unfortunate thing that's happened in Dame's career is that LaMarcus left. LaMarcus Aldridge went to San Antonio yep. because I mean, you would, you would assume that if LaMarcus had stayed in Portland and as Dame progressed into his prime, that the two of them could have been a really formidable team in the Western conference. And they could have built around those two dudes who I thought, I think though, I think they probably complement each other really well. Like LaMarcus is a great post player, who can stretch the floor a little bit and Dame is Dame. Yeah. Like, I think they call it pretty, could have had a good run. I mean, they, they played well together in Dame's rookie year and then the year after that. So, right, I don't know, kind of unfortunate there. And then uh, as much as you know, we both love C.J. McCollum, Like he's he's been the second best player on that team for close to a decade. Yeah. And McCollum's just not that second dude that's going to carry you when he needs to. Well,
0: and here's another spinoff of that same conversation of those guys that are in the top ten – does Damian Lillard have the worst number 2 of any guy in that group? Cuz um, I would say yes.
1: I think I think Lucas got a pretty tough situation with his number 2. Uh I don't think that Porzingis like Porzingis is clearly not early Porzingis before he tore his ACL and dealt with all the injuries. That's fair. Um I think there might be a conversation with Embiid. Uh, I mean, Ben Simmons is elite on the defensive end, and I, I guess it kind of deter- Like, are you determining that the, is there? Is Embiid have a different number two on offense and a different number two on defense? I I, just, I don't know who the two guys in, yeah. in Philly is. But Lillard, I mean, Lillard's second best player is CJ McCollum, mm-hmm. who. On an, you know, on a random night, could drop forty, sure or fifty. He scored yeah. fifty in a game before. Like he can, he can get hot. So but... can Andrew
0: Wiggins, but I mean, right? Yeah, I'd say
1: I'd say somewhere between Lillard and Luca probably okay. are in that the two in the conversation with the worst supporting cast. I
0: can agree with that because you're right about Porzingis. He's he's uh, he's not the New York Knicks Porzingis that flashed and, not close. and yeah. And, and it's just never really turned that corner from. The potential that we saw, right? Like,
1: which I don't, I'm curious though. How many, did anybody have Curry over Luca in their list that they sent you?
0: Yes. I had two Stephs at number three behind obviously behind Durant, LeBron and Durant. LeBron. Yeah. Ah, wow. Well, it's uh okay. I
1: mean, okay. Thank where man. did you have,
0: where did you have Luca three? Had him four. Okay. Who who was your three? I, Jokic. Oh, that's right. That's right.
1: I just I look at Jokic and I, I don't yeah. see a flaw in his game. Yeah,
0: I mean, you, he's a five you were the highest on Jokic, by the way. I don't I, I don't think anyone else had him in the top five.
1: Oh, they're out of their minds. <laughs> he's a center that does everything really well. He may not be super athletic, and maybe the athleticism is where people knock him, but I mean he he wins, he puts up numbers. He's consistent. Like, yeah, yeah give me Jokic because he's a complete. I mean, he's a game changer for any team.
0: Yeah. I think, like, I mentioned the 11 guys. Um, I think for me, the one that I end up, and to leave one of these guys out of the top 10, I feel like is criminal. And you can say, like, it's ridiculous that this guy isn't in the top 10 with any of those 11 guys. But I think for me, the ultimate decider is there's one guy that can't really, like, run the offense with the ball in his hands and that's Embiid so I'd probably put him 11 but like that's you know that's trying to find like some some way to like separate that cluster of guys that I think are all unbelievable talents
1: I I think Embiid is it's a top tier elite level player in the post and on defense so it was Pretty easy for me to have him in my top 10 yeah. because he can dominate a game on both ends of the court. Now, I guess there's an argument to be made that in today's NBA, for sure, like, not having the ball in your hand every play and, like, running the offense through you necessarily like a Jokic would right, is an indictment on him. But uh, It's not an so indictment.
0: It's she. just, like, it's the only place well, where I can really find rankings. a separator, I guess. Right. So... Like, if you wanted to my tell me I'm guys, crazy for not having Embiid in there, like, I that's fine. I'm not going to, like, put my heels in the know. in the ground. But, like, that that was I the only place where I felt like I could find a separator to the point that I could say, like, this is the one thing that this guy doesn't have that everybody else in this group has.
1: There's, I mean, I, I, to me, the top five, you have to have those top five guys somewhere in your top ten. But, like, five through, six through 12 for yeah. me, and Kyrie was the 12th guy for okay. me. Okay, yeah. Six through twelve, I like. I, there's an easy argument that any of those guys could be left out of the top ten.
0: So you had you I mean, had I, Durant, LeBron, Jokic, Luca, and then Steph.
1: Yeah, is that right? I, okay. I think that I don't think there's any argument you can make where those five guys aren't in your top ten.
0: I would agree with that.
1: And then, yeah, it, I really got tough like. 9 and 10 really got tough when I was picking between Kawhi, Dame, Kyrie, and Giannis. Yeah. But...
0: I don't have Ky- Kyrie in that same group. Um, and then, I I, f- for my last spot, it was between Giannis and Embiid.
1: And, Embiid. And and you went Giannis?
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah, I mean, that are kind I, of... Just think very broader, broader skill
0: set overall, right? Like, it's both yeah. guys... I mean, they're kind of similar, but, like, broader skill set from Giannis just in how he can facilitate the offense, um, better, better skills on the perimeter. Uh, but Embiid's a better shooter. I mean, like if you wanted to make the argument the other way, um, yeah, yeah. And, and here's the other thing I think with both of those guys, like they kind of need a, a showing in the playoffs to like punctuate what we've seen from them. I feel like a lot yeah. of the other guys on that list have had those moments in the playoffs when it matters where you see, you know, what you see over the course of 82 games translates into that kind of basketball?
1: I think we talked about it. It might have been last week or the week before we talked about it, but, like, Milwaukee is built to give a team like Brooklyn a run. Like, I think if any team in the playoffs is ready to beat Brooklyn in a seven-game series, it would be Milwaukee. I think Philadelphia has a conversation, too, but I think that uh, Milwaukee is just built a little bit better on the perimeter defensively, but... I just don't think it's going to happen. I think that Brooklyn is just those three dudes are just too hot right now. I cannot see any team beating them four times in a series. No. I just I just can't see it. Like the, and it's not even like none of it, I don't, maybe in game 4 when Tatum went off, but like has any I don't think any those three guys. I don't think any of them have had a bad game in that series against Boston.
0: Yeah, Ky- they, all was three that of the them game that good. Kyrie kind of I, I don't want to say no hey, I, showed, I just, but Um, Kyrie had that one game in Boston where he wasn't very good, but yeah, there, and, and here's the other thing, like they haven't even, they haven't played a team where they have to use DeAndre Jordan yet either. Right. So like, uh, it was game three actually. So yeah.
1: Um, yeah, Kyrie was six of 17, but Harden had 41 and Durant had 39. Like I mean, just there's there's too much firepower. Yeah. I think the only way that you can ho- and have hopes of beating this team right now is that one of those dudes get hurt. And even then, I don't know how much lo- hope you have because right. then you still have two of them.
0: Yeah, that just means more uh, more threes for Joe Harris, right? Or, right. I mean, it's not yeah, it's not like they're they're not gonna find points if one of those guys is out of the lineup.
1: Yeah, what are you gonna do? Like either. You can't you can't double any of them. No. I just I don't see a way that I just and tell me if you see a way that they lose, but I just don't see no. a way outside of injury that that Brooklyn team loses a series.
0: No. Not at all. Like when they lost Game Three, I was like they're going to win by forty, like on Sunday. I mean, it was right, and I don't think they won by that much, but they scored a hundred and forty. It was it's just like forty, yeah, yeah.
1: Just get what they want. Like
0: Yeah, they get what they want. When, like, when they want to go get it, they're going to go get it.
1: Think about it. You have – I think James – Charles Barkley said this. He got grief. But I kind of agree with him. I think he exaggerated a little bit. But right now in the NBA, James Harden is arguably the best one-on-one player, best ISO player in the league. Kyrie is probably three, two or three, four. He's somewhere in the top five. And then Durant is Durant. He's just a matchup right. nightmare because of his his skill set and his size. You have three guys that are unguardable one on one, yeah. And you can't double them because they the other two guys are unguardable one on one. And, and then, then you have, you have Joe a Harris, fifty percent three shooter. point
0: shooter, and one of the best finishers in the history of the NBA, and Blake Griffin. Yeah, I mean, you're, what are you getting into? I mean, just just yeah.
1: It's they're fun though, man. It's. It's on unf- like
0: it's I hate it's unfair I hate how tonight. much I enjoy watching them play. Same. Like I same. feel I feel dirty enjoying watching them play.
1: It's like watching them play basketball at Rucker Park. Like their dudes are just like going yeah. off night after night. All it's, of them. It's, it's, I, yeah. It's like
0: watching an NBA All-Star game in like a serious setting. Yeah.
1: Yeah. <laughs> it's fun, man. I've you're right. I hate how it, I like the the core of my sports fandom is supposed to hate that team, Ab- right? I should hate those three dudes. being I don't on the same like team them either. So like I I don't
0: like them, but I I'll be damned if I don't enjoy watching them play.
1: Yeah. Like Damn. I th- I think they're more fun than the Heatles teams. Like I enjoy watching oh. them way more than I watch LeBron and Dwayne Wade and Chris Bosch. I, I think and I think that's because yeah. all three of them their skill sets are just otherworldly. And when it comes to one on one ISO basketball, it just Pick a pick a turn. Like yeah. it's your turn. Go get a basket. And they're probably gonna go get it. It's yeah, they're fun. I look forward to seeing them in the uh finals. I don't even know who I like. There's really nobody in the West that like yeah. I would love to see them match up with.
0: Well, I wanted to just see the Lakers match up. Right. But now be, I don't. Yeah, I mean, now, if if uh, Anthony Davis cool. isn't healthy, that that's not even that's horrible. Yeah.
1: I mean, just the Jazz and the Jazz and Nets. That doesn't do anything for anybody. The Jazz are a great team, but like, I want to see like, I want to see killers go up honestly, against each I other could,
0: in a seven. Eight, if two, the Clippers, that'd be a good one. Don't mess around. I th- I think the Clippers beat the Jazz, honestly. Yeah, but I, they they kind of like have those tendencies where they just play like entitled basketball, and it's like
1: a lot of jumpers too that like could easily.
0: Yeah, and then they have two of the best two-way players in the NBA, and for some reason, there's just nights where like the team as a whole just doesn't want to play defense. It's mind-blowing to me.
1: Crazy, yeah. That would be fun though. I, I think if you're look, just looking for like superstar matchups, I think that if Anthony Davis is hurt, your next best hope is probably the Clippers. Yeah. But that's not. I mean, I guess that's fun. The Clippers and Nets, like that'd be a fun Finals. 10 years ago somebody told you the Nets and Clippers were going to be in the finals you'd be like Ugh.
0: yeah i think the suns could bring an interesting style but i'm not sure i mean that i i kind of i feel like they're just so outmatched that that would be a quick series but i think stylistically it would be fun to watch That'd i
1: think it would story, be a great story yeah Phoenix i don't think it would be super finals.
0: competitive but i think it would be like a very eye appealing type of series
1: yeah i mean i guess the like you're right like the only team that would really give you much of a matchup if Ad is hurt is the Clippers because like you said, at least you have Paul George and Kawhi and you can you can defend two of the guys pretty well. Yeah. Now, what you do with that third guy? I don't know. Maybe you put Patrick Beverly and well, Kyrie. Well, the combination of
0: Rondo and and Patrick Beverly, again, it's that it's, it's work. with the Clippers. My only question is mentality. Like, if they show up and they want to play like dogs, like I think they could they could you know, make it difficult. I'm not saying I would pick them to sure. win because I don't wait. think they they're would. Four but... seed.
1: There's no reason that Clippers team should have been a forced seed. Right.
0: But I, I kind of feel like with that Clippers team, they show up wanting to be like the Lakers rather than the Clippers, right? Like you, like they're the Clippers. You need to have that gritty, we're not the stars type of mentality. And I kind of feel like way too often we see the Clippers show up like they are Showtime.
1: Remember, remember like, seven years ago when Kawhi was that gritty mentality yeah. like hustle and bustle player and then he goes to LA and he's just kind of like it's completely changed yeah. I think at least I don't think his play style has changed any but like just the way we perceive him right with the resting and all that stuff like yeah they've gone Hollywood Paul George too I think was at least Oklahoma City I always kind of yeah never viewed him as like anything but a guy that didn't like he hustled he played defense every every yeah, possession. He's like
0: one of the best two-way players in the league.
1: Yeah, and yeah, it's so fun. I mean, they go to the Clippers and go Hollywood. That is, that is you can't write that. I mean, you can't, but it's still funny.
0: Well, and it's not like they're 100% Hollywood. It's just it happens too much. That's my thing. Like, there are games that they play tough, but there are too many games where it feels like they're the Hollywood Clippers and not just, like, playing to their strengths, which is, when you look at the makeup of that team, it should be defensive toughness. physical, yeah, for sure. They have a bunch of grinding type players that are going to make it make life really difficult defensively, and then on some nights you are going to get you know a lot of help for the two stars offensively. But every game for them should be built on what they do on the defensive side, and I, I feel like that's a very hit and miss thing with the Clippers.
1: Yeah, that and on top of that, like we said, they they take a lot of jump shots. Yeah. So I mean, if they don't, I mean, if their shots aren't falling and they're kind of lackadaisical on the defensive side, then. Yeah. I mean, there's no chance for that team to, you know, beat a team like Brooklyn, or hell, even a team like we've seen it against a team like Dallas, right? Who have Luca, who is a top five player in the league right now. But outside of
0: that, like we said, they don't got, they really don't have much, yeah. Outside of Luca, like watch, this is a really good example. Watch the Nets play and watch how many easy buckets they get over the course of a game. And uh, you know, this is the same thing with Portland. That I, that's one reason why I think I value games so much. And why I'm so down on his teams. Because every time I watch Portland, I never feel like they get easy buckets. Like, it always feels like throughout an entire Portland game, like, it's hard buckets the whole way. And I kind of feel that way with the Clippers, too. Like, it's never like they're creating easy opportunities. It's always like, man, they're working really hard to get these well, offensive points. And the Nets just seamlessly get easy buckets.
1: Well, I mean, that's kind of what you get, though, when you're two best players. You could argue they're playing their best off ball. Yeah. For sure. I think Paul George and Kawhi are two unicorns in the sense that yeah. they probably play their best offensive basketball off ball.
0: Absolutely. And
1: they really, the Clippers just, they need somebody like a uh, Chris Paul or like um, a younger Rondo. Like they need somebody that can facilitate a little bit better than what they have. I mean, yeah. I haven't watched it. I haven't watched a lot of Clippers basketball this year, but I would imagine that Kawhi probably is bringing the ball up a lot. Um, I mean, are they really. I, I guess they have Rondo, but Rondo's not what he was in you know these Boston days. But yeah. By the way, uh, Danny Ainge stepping down in uh, Boston, and uh, Brad Stevens moving to a full time front office position. So, I guess. Uh, wow. I guess Celtics are looking for a coach.
0: Wow. Uh, that's. Interesting. You know, there was that period of time where it was like Danny Ainge is brilliant because he's uh, got all these draft picks and everything, and like at some point you have to turn those into pieces that are going to help you win, right?
1: Yeah, I think that they probably made a huge mistake by not going out and trying to get James Harden earlier this year. I mean, they definitely had the assets; they could have done it. Yeah, it it might have meant giving up Jalen Brown, who I think Jalen Brown's really good, but he's not—he's not James Harden. And no, like, yeah, you're right. They've had oodles of draft picks or first round draft picks, lottery picks. And really all they've come out with is Jason Tatum. They've come out with one good player. Like Jalen Brown. I guess Jalen Brown's Jalen Brown's but,
0: an all-star, but yeah, it's yeah.
1: He's a really good player, but yeah, it's just, it hasn't translated into wins.
0: Yeah.
1: I mean, you get Kimba Kimba. is not. Kimba's not Charlotte Kimba he's not what he used to be he's, he's decent but
0: I, and I, I think he's just a bad fit for what they have I, I just don't think he fits well with yeah. Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown that's, that's I think the biggest yeah, mean, issue
1: a, Kimba's probably an ISO player he's probably a guy that
2: yeah,
1: you know needs to create his own shots a lot of the time and you know Tatum Tatum has the ball in his hands a lot but yeah like Kimba, I, just,
0: I feel like Kimba and Philly would kill
1: yeah, yeah, I think so. It'd Be a good pairing with Embiid, a guy in the post, right. and then can have this—he enough space on the perimeter to create and you know get shots. But he could
0: kind of be the Jamal Murray to to Jokic. Jokic, like, yeah, yeah. I, I I just think the pairing with the with the two other perimeter guys with Tatum and and Jalen Bridge just doesn't you know, work.
1: I mean, there's your there's you an indictment right there. Is yeah. Why would like you went out and you signed a 30 year old Kemba Walker who probably wasn't the best fit for that team? Yeah. They didn't get Anthony Davis. I mean, I know Anthony Davis was pretty dead set on going to the Lakers, but when they had the assets, they could have made a pretty good push for Anthony Davis. Yeah. And they couldn't they couldn't pull it off. Well,
0: remember they had like it was crazy because it felt like, you know, you had all these young players with uh, obviously Tatum and Jalen Brown and you know, Rogier was there at the time and Marcus Smart, and then you had a couple of nice front court pieces that complemented well with Horford and Morris and it felt like they were in the right position. And somehow out of all that, like when the dust settled, it was like, man, this thing got really out of whack.
1: Botched the Kyrie thing. Yeah. I mean, they've, they've tried, obviously like they brought in Kyrie, they brought in Kim, like they have tried to add those extra
0: pieces to be a title team, but it just hasn't worked out. Yeah. Is it, uh, is it, is it tough watching James Harden right now for you as a Rockets fan? No,
1: what? That dude did the the things that he's doing in Brooklyn. He did the same exact thing in Houston for Houston for close to a decade, and you know whether it was a case of them not putting the best teams around him or it just you know luck and not winning. I think so kind of, I think a couple of times it was just luck just wasn't in their favor. Like that uh, 2018 series against Golden State in the Western Conference Finals. I think, you know, we said a hundred times that Chris Paul doesn't have the hamstring injury. It's kind of tough to see a scenario where Houston doesn't win one of the final two games. But outside of that, like, I mean, you get him Dwight Howard. Yeah. Okay. Like that, that's what you're going to go out and do that. You're going to bring in Dwight Howard when there's, there's better options available. Um, you give up a bunch of assets to bring in Russell Westbrook for a year. No, Houston blew that. I mean, none up. of us Houston, thought that was like, going to work. <laughs> right, no, yeah. Houston had James Harden at this level for six or seven years, like playing MVP caliber basketball. He won an MVP. Probably, a lot of people think he should have won the MVP that year that Russell won it. But yeah. So, no, because he, he's not doing anything different. He's just on a better team. He just has a better constructed team than what he ever had in Houston.
0: Well, yeah, that's that's one the thing year. is you just see the the entire skill set now with the ability to, even though he passed a lot and the assist numbers were always great in Houston, there it feels like there's just a much greater degree of willingness to pass from him because he knows that he doesn't have to be the guy scoring 35. Like if he gets 35, great, but it doesn't feel like he knows that he has to get 35 in order for them to even be competitive. And I always felt like, in Houston while he did pass, like, I think that was a big reason why he was always trying to get to the line as well. Like, you're trying to figure out ways to generate those offensive opportunities where it's also not going to completely drain you because you have to be the guy that, you know, makes the whole thing run and and score the majority of the points. And now there's going to be those nights where he scores 35, but there's just so much less pressure on him to get the buckets and he can get them when they're there. He can facilitate when it's there. And it's, it's just much more free flowing. I feel like
1: I, yeah. And I think the free throw thing with James Harden is one of the most unfair criticisms of, of an NBA player, because unlike, I mean, I'm sure he did it at times because why not? But like Trey and Steph kind of doing the pull, stop, stop and like pull up right in front of a defender that's behind you and like throw your butt out and get fouled. That's one thing. But Harden, like, driving into the lane and putting his arms out and, like, it basically baiting the defender into swiping his arms, like, that's completely different. That is one that it's completely avoidable by the defenders in those situations. And it, it's a skill that he's developed to get to the line. So I think it's unfair that we criticize Harden all those, time, all those years for, you know, drawing all the fouls and, like, going into the lane just to get fouled. 'Cause I think it's completely different. He's the only player in the NBA for a long time that was doing that move where he would drive in and stick the ball straight out and to draw fouls. So I think that's a little unfair as far as the free throw thing goes, but
0: I, I think with yeah, Harden, I mean like I don't I don't I don't take away from how good he was because of that. My my no, issue just, always was it's just not fun to watch. Like it does like he you know, I think some people like equate those two things simultaneously. Like not enjoying watching that brand, I think, took away from how people viewed him as far as like how good he is. That's an elite skill. And if you can do it, great. It's just not necessarily fun to watch. So, well, they're two that's different your things. Opinion. Yeah, that's, that's yeah. your opinion. I very much loved
1: watching James Harden do that in Houston. Thought it was very entertaining. Uh, I, I get your point, though. but <laughs> yeah. I mean, he's always had elite level floor vision. Like his floor vision, even back to OKC days, yeah. was top tier. But like you said, now he's just. I think also he he's in the for the first time since Oklahoma City, and it's a little bit of a. I don't. It's not ironic, but it's a fun coincidence that it happens to be the same guy. He knows he's not the best player on his team anymore. Yeah. Like he knows that he on a, on a certain night he might be option A, but generally speaking, across the course of a season, he's probably option B on that roster. For sure, Kevin Durant's uh, the best player. Yeah right and he knows that and it's funny like i said it's funny that the last time that harden wasn't the best player on his team the best player was also kevin durant but yeah i mean i think that you see that with all three of those guys i think that there's just a a freedom of playing with the, those three guys that none of them feel any pressure and yep. like you said there's the offense is so good that they're all getting easy shots they're all getting like one-on-one situations against defenders that have no chance. I mean, you, there's a handful, maybe. I don't know if there's a handful. There might be like three players that aren't easy baskets for guys like Harden and Durant in the NBA. It, yeah, it's...
0: And the biggest knock on Harden was always him disappearing late in playoff games, and now he has two of the most clutch yeah, he can playoff performers he that, that there are I mean, yeah. Yeah, disappear all you want. Nobody cares. Oh, you want to go away in the final five minutes? Okay, it's Kyrie and KD have done this literally on the biggest stage in the biggest moments.
1: Yeah, uh, yeah it's just from a like what a team can do offensively. I, I don't know that there's ever been a team that's been put together like this Brooklyn team is right now. They're yeah. unstop- They're Agreed. unstoppable when they're all healthy.
0: Yeah, you can't beat them. I. I I said at the beginning of this postseason, like it's it's not a question of like, uh, will they get it done? It's like literally how massive of a disappointment is it if they don't?
1: Yeah, I mean they lost one game against Boston, and it took Jason Tatum going nuclear and Kyrie having a bit of a down game.
0: Yeah, and like I, I don't, I watched most of that game, and it was it, it's just one of those games. You're up to uh, like this happens. You just have nights just where, like,
1: you Yeah,
2: you're,
0: yeah. You're, you're not like a thousand percent invested. You're not like ultra focused to the you know highest degree that you possibly could be. And I think it's that was the case. Game. Like Tatum goes nuclear. Yeah. They were just kind of like, you know, we're good. We're up two zero. We're gonna cruise through this series. And and they got beat. And then what happened? The very next game, I was like, I literally said they would they would win by forty. They didn't. But they scored a hundred and forty. And They're, just dial yeah. it right back in.
1: There can't be a team in the NBA that, that Brooklyn looks at and says that we can't beat them by 20.
0: Yeah. The only team that I thought would be interesting, if healthy, is... Well, I I do want to see the Bucks series. I don't think the Bucks will win, but I think the Bucks can make things difficult at times. I do too. Um, but the Lakers' size in the middle, I thought, could, could potentially bring an interesting challenge. Again, not that I would pick the Lakers to win that, but in those moments where the Lakers decided to go big, um, I thought that could be an interesting dynamic for Brooklyn to face. But other than that, like there's just there's not a
1: yeah not a great matchup. And, and, and two, you're in a tough situation where Brooklyn's just. I mean, they've got dead eye shooters all around. I mean, Kyrie's outside of Blake Griffin or DeAndre Jordan who was playing the five. I mean, Kyrie's probably the worst three point shooter, and he's like an okay three point shooter. But yeah. You, Freaking Joe Harris, Harden, and Durant, who are consistent, and just knock down threes from anywhere on the floor. So,
0: I mean, you could can, can make the argument Joe Harris is the best spot up three point shooter in the NBA. I don't think there's much of an argument. I think he's definitely yeah. the best spot and up three point shooter. And then, as far as like just pure one on one, get a shot, shot makers, they have three of the top five guys in the league. Yeah.
1: And LeBron at his, oh man, yeah, LeBron at 36, like, LeBron couldn't guard KD when LeBron was 34 or 33. <laughs> I don't see it happening now. I mean, Durant hasn't fallen off any. Even after the torn Achilles like he, this year, he's not shown any signs of being any less of a player than he was three or four years ago.
0: I, I actually saw somebody tweet something along the lines of, like, Durant's not getting enough credit for the level that he's playing at following an Achilles injury.
1: I guess. I mean, I don't know. I I don't know how much credit or credit he's not getting. I mean, I know there were conversations about a month or two into the season that he was the MVP. Yeah. So.
0: I yeah. I I don't know where he's not getting credit. I mean, I guess if if like it's not the headline every day, then then maybe that's what the reference is. But I, I kind of feel like you know, it, just the fact that people are saying the Nets should win the NBA title this year is. I mean that that speaks to all the credit you need, right?
1: It's the same thing with Russell Westbrook, with people that say that he's underappreciated, but he's trending on Twitter every other night.
0: <laughs> uh, Ru- I mean, Russell Westbrook, I think, is appreciated for exactly what he should be appreciated for. Like, I think what right. pe- people want Russell Westbrook to be appreciated for something that he's not proven is the problem. Like Russell Westbrook yeah, but- is appreciated for what he's accomplished. He's just not appreciated for what he hasn't accomplished, and people want him to be appreciated for that. There's also a point where people on social media
1: talk about him so much, and like a million people say he's underappreciated. Where it gets to the point where he's appreciated. Like, just acknowledge the fact that you because you've said he's underappreciated 15 times in the yeah. past month, that makes him appreciated. So let's, yeah. I mean, he's just he is what it is. He's a he's a yeah. he's a hustle guy with with a plays with a lot of emotion who is never going to win a title. And that's just what it is. Like he's he's a great individual player in the regular season who just it doesn't translate to the playoffs.
0: Right. If he wants to go to Brooklyn next year, then maybe he will win a title. But he's not going to win a title as, you know, the option A or B on a on a team. Could you
1: imagine if he went to Brooklyn next year? I I don't there's no way those dudes will let it happen. There's no way that Russell that James Harden and Kevin Durant be like, all right, yeah, let's bring in Russell.
0: Well, no, I think that they would do that. I don't, I don't think there's any chance in hell. Russell Westbrook would ever ever go to Brooklyn, ever say yeah. yes to that situation. That's the, that's the deal. I mean, Durant's been on multiple super teams now, James Harden. Like, it, I, I just don't think like, if they were like Russell, we want you to come to Brooklyn and play with us. Like Russell knows the situation. He knows that he would be number four in that pecking order. Like, Russell Westbrook's not going to put him, he's not lowering himself to that degree. You think he
1: stays in Washington? I don't is know it, that he stays in Washington. Year, like,
0: right? Is it up after this year? Uh, I don't I'm know what his contract more. situation is now. I've, I've lost track of it, but I, I, can't, I, can't, see, I can't see that. I he can see has... him going to the Lakers and joining LeBron and AD before I could see him going to the Nets to join KD and Harden.
1: Oh my gosh! So he has one more year, and then a player option okay, yeah. in twenty twenty two, twenty three. So he's got he's going to take the player option, absolutely forty seven million dollar yeah. player option. So he's got two more years on that contract, and I guess Washington is just going to pay him his ninety million dollars over the next two years. I guess.
0: I, I, I don't
1: know. If I was them, I wouldn't. I no mean,
0: team's taking that. Not not yeah. a legitimate contender. No
1: chance. Some no chance you think OKC would take him back if if Washington said we'll eat half of that ninety yes I think OKC would take him back yeah I unless think come unless back they
0: too. start showing signs of like the next chapter yeah that like the next chapter is yeah. here and we have like but I think the, given the current roster situation yeah I think they'd take him back in a second
1: yeah I think he'd probably come back too I mean if you're if you're if the decision is between being the tenth best team in the East or going back to Oklahoma City.
0: Right, I, and being like, I, yeah. I, I, yeah. Quote-unquote coming home and like, yeah, it would be
1: the... Finishing your career out in the city that loves you the most. It's really they, the only way do that do no you wrong. could finish
0: your career in more spectacular fashion other than winning a a title.
1: Right. And look, this OKC team... In, 2022 23 could easily be the 10th best team in the West. They could be right there where yeah. Washington's at in the East. Right. So I, I could see it happening. I don't think it will happen. I don't think as much as I'm sure, I, well, I don't know how much Presti loves Russell or anything like that, but I think that Presti would view paying Russell $45 million yeah. is not a great investment.
0: Now let's, uh, let's say they get Cade Cunningham in the draft. Uh, maybe that's a different story.
1: Yeah. I don't know. It's interesting because you still got to re sign Che. I, I think that's probably going to be a tough sell in keeping him in Oklahoma City long term, but who knows? I mean, we'll
0: it's
1: yeah, pretty unpredictable right now. Just,
0: just it just goes, that's one of it, those deals where it comes down to like, do you want to be the star in Oklahoma City or do you want to go be a secondary player somewhere else?
1: All right. You want every player on the team boxing out for you, or do you want to be the third best player on a team?
0: Yeah. I don't know. Is uh, oh, maybe he got what? I, Go ahead. I think we kind of talked about this a little bit, but now that the season is completely done, do you think Shay's like one of those like top twenty-five-ish type players in the NBA?
1: Hmm. Right now. I'd say he's probably on the precipice of 25. Okay. He, I mean, yeah, there's probably an argument he could be top 25. I think that there's no doubt in my mind that in a year or two, he's probably top 15 just because every year he has gotten better. Okay. Like, I, I've seen enough evidence to know that he improves year to year. Yeah. And assuming that he hasn't peaked yet, which I have no reason to think that he has peaked yet, but – for a guy to improve year to year, I don't think it's crazy to think that he's going to be an all-star uh, you know, in a year or two. A perennial all-star. As long as he's playing every night, like I could see it for okay. sure. I think his skill set translates really well to the NBA. Now he's a good three-point shooter. He's athletic. I could see him being a top 15 player, which is why I think it's going to be incredibly difficult for Oklahoma City to keep him long-term. Because there's going to be teams like the Lakers who are going to be looking to bring in new players. I mean, who knows? The Lakers in three years might want to pair Shea and Zion right. when LeBron is retires and AD is, you know, in his mid thirties. Um, he's going to be a very coveted piece in those that next generation of free agents, especially if he continues to get better year to year, which, like yeah. I said, he has done.
0: Yeah, I I'm not saying he can't. I think I'm a little bit uh, further behind you though on on how much better I think he gets. He's got to improve. Yeah. I, I, like, I, 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 my biggest issue right now, especially for these guys that like Shea, that are putting up crazy offensive numbers on teams that aren't any good, is with the way that the game is played in 2021, like, every team should have a guy that's, that's doing something similar to yeah. what Shea's doing. And so there are going to be, naturally like 30 of those guys in the NBA. And And the difference is, Charles
1: Barkley. Yeah.
0: Yeah. The difference is, are are you one of those guys and you're able to like project your team forward? Or are you just one of those guys that like, you know, because there's 30 of those jobs, like somebody has to be the best player on every team. Are you the best player on that team? Like, because they're the 10th best team in the West.
1: And yeah. And Charles Barkley said the easiest thing to do in the NBA is put up big numbers on a bad team. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, being the best player on a bad
0: team and turning them into a good team is a completely different thing altogether.
1: Which I mean, there there is an argument to be had there because Oklahoma City was—I mean—they were pushing for a playoff spot until they sat Shea. Yeah, I mean, when Shea was out there playing almost every night, like they were a 500 team. Yeah, and then they sat him and. Probably because they were winning too much, I would assume, uh, and they were terrible. So I think there's a small sample size that he he can make a team good and win games.
0: I th- I think he absolutely can. I, I I you know again I think it's just it, it, to me that's the biggest question right now with him. I I don't know the answer. I'm not I'm not uh, trying to proclaim I know either way which way that that's going to go, but. I do think it's something that you have to pay attention to because offense is so cr- ridiculous right now in today's NBA that there's a danger in falling in love with a player because the numbers every night are are through the roof. And right. my point is, like, there are a lot of guys in the NBA right now that are, are putting up career numbers and, you know, nightly basis, like doing crazy statistical things that – we've just never seen in the NBA. So like, there's, there's, I think a reaction to be like, look at this guy. He's like 24 points and like seven rebounds and six assists. Like it's that, that, that those are hall of fame averages, but like the game's so different now that there are like 30 players doing that.
1: Yeah. And I, I think with that being said too, these teams that are going to spend money in free agency, like I mean, you just got to take a risk on somebody as yeah. well. For sure, as far as like the Lakers or the Knicks or Celtics or whoever, like giving Shea a big contract, like you just because he's on a bad team, like you, you just you have to take a risk on him and hope that it translates well when he gets on a good team and has guys around him that he can go win. Um, I mean, not everybody's LeBron where they just immediately start winning on a pretty watered down roster. Right. So, you know, sometimes they just. I mean, like Kyrie was on the, on the Cavs and they were terrible. They sucked yeah. before LeBron went back to Cleveland. And it, as good as Kyrie was, he just couldn't win games by himself. And then, you know, LeBron goes there and they win a title and Kyrie's hitting game-winning shots. It's just, uh, there's a lot of risk you have to take when you take For players sure. from bad teams. For sure. And I think that Shea, as long as he continues to h- improve and stay healthy, is absolutely going to be a guy that teams will take a chance on and give a big contract to.
0: Yeah, I the physical tools and I think the ability are there for that to happen for him. I I, I think that's the fair way to say it. Like it's yeah,
1: and who knows? I mean, maybe a year with Chris Paul completely instilled the yeah the mentality that he needs in him. It's kind of tough to know right now because he sat out so much this year, right. Especially later down the stretch. Well, but and this
0: year is just so weird, right? Like, what is it, maybe maybe the entire league gets back to normal next year when there are fans in the building and and you know maybe we don't see. The massive, like the same offensive spike next season that we saw this year, like maybe it, I, it all kind of evens out again. But this year is such an think, outlier compared to anything we've ever seen in the in the history of the NBA.
1: I think the, I, I think that it's probably going to be two years before we get back to normal because there's once again they're going to have a shortened off season. Yeah, going into the next season, and I assume. That they're going to go back to 82 games because I assume the owners want those extra for sure uh, five home games, especially with the fans coming in. Like it's easy to say for the owners to say, "Well, we'll play 10 less games because you know at most you know half the league is at like 20% capacity for most of the season, or at best." And then, but next year, if everybody's at full capacity, there's no way they're going to play 72 games. Yeah, they're going to go back to 82 to make that extra revenue, shortened off season. I imagine dudes are gonna go. It's gonna be another year of a lot of DMPs rest and uh, guys kind of taking defensive possessions off to save some energy.
0: You're probably right. So, yeah, we may be looking. I at think one we're more probably year. two yeah.
1: years away from the league getting back to just what we're normally used to. Yeah,
0: you're probably right. It's interesting, man. Uh, I will just end it on this today. Uh, hashtag Team Bear.
1: Yes, a hundred percent Team Bear. Let's, uh, I'm, I'm team any, any animal in a backyard. Let's, uh, people have had too many W's. It's time for, we there we, we need to be humble a little bit by nature.
0: There we go. Aaron, always appreciate it, buddy. Have a good week. All right. See ya. Thank you to Aaron Davis for joining me on today's episode of the Colby Daniels podcast presented by Artisan Botanicals in Midwest city. Check out their line of natural medicine products, including Kratom CBD or Delta eight. If you're looking for something to help with pain, anxiety, or just an opioid alternative, Artisan Botanicals has what you're looking for. Also, check out the website, abotanicalcompany.com. You can order online. They have a drive-through for pickup, so it's safe, easy, and efficient pickup. Artisan Botanicals, abotanicalcompany.com. Everybody stay safe, have a great day, and I will see you tomorrow. It's is over.